Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Having Dinah singing, impeccable tree is already tells the miracles are happening. That's a great week. <clears throat> and we thank God for another beautiful morning. For the past few weeks, we've been looking at the foundational um, topics for our lives, the messages that concerns our salvation. We have looked at God, the existence of God. We have looked at mankind versus Satan. And last week, we looked at sin and its effect or its impact. And Pastor Joe, thank you for Tuesday, um, breaking it down, very practical. Maybe because of your medical background, I understood the virus and its effect more better than um, I do. And thank you for the Tuesday um, details. And when we look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 14 to 17, after man has sinned, God told man the effect of what the sin would do. And the first thing was he, God addressed the serpent. And one of the things he told the serpent is that you are cursed above all other animals. You will, I said, you will creep, or you will move without legs. But the key thing here, he said, he told the serpent, you will eat dust all the days of your life. Then when it came to man, he told man, dust you, dust you are, and you will return back to dust. Meaning that in that sinful nature of man, the devil has power to feed on man. Because if man is dust, and the devil has to feed on dust, then as long as man is in that sinful nature, man is under the control of Satan. And that is a serious situation we find ourselves. But thanks be to God, that is not the end of the story. When John the Baptist came on the scene, he started preaching, repent. Which means that there is an opportunity, repent. And when Jesus took over from John the Baptist, his first message was also, repent, because the kingdom of God is here. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are so loving, so caring, that despite our rebellion, despite our turn against you, you still care so much for us. And dear Lord, because of your knowledge of what will happen, you made a provision for our salvation. This morning, as we look into the subject of repentance, we we'll pray for insight. We pray for our eyes to be open. We we'll pray that you will help us to appreciate this opportunity of repentance, to take advantage of this free gift in Jesus' name. Amen. So I read from 
Luke chapter 15 gives us an interesting story about repentance. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 22. And I read, it's a very long scripture, but let's read it to help us. Then Jesus said, A man had two sons. The younger one told his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So the father divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered everything he owned and traveled to a distant country. There he wasted all on wild living. After he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went out to work for one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. No one would give him anything, even though he would gladly have filled himself with the hacks the pigs were eating. Then he came to his senses, from verse 17. Then he came to his senses and said, How many of my father's hired men have more food than they can eat? And here I am starving to death. I will get up, go to my father, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you. I don't deserve to be called your son anymore. Treat me like one of your hired men. So he got up, went to his father. While he was still far away, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him affectionately. Then his son told him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you. I don't deserve to be called your son anymore. But the father told his servants, hurry, bring out the best robe and put on him, and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fathered cow and kill it, and let's eat and celebrate. Because my son was, de was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and has been found, and they began to celebrate. Now the father's older son was in the field. As he was coming back to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called to one of the servants and asked what was happening. The servant told him, your brother has come home, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he got him back safely. Then the older son became angry and wouldn't go into the house. So his father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, all these years I have worked like a slave for you. I have never disobeyed a command of yours. Yet you have never given me so much as a young goat for a festival so I could celebrate with my friends. But this son of yours spent your money on prostitutes, and when he came back, 
You killed the fattened calf for him. His father told him, My child, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and has been found. Amen. You know, this story is a good picture of repentance, the sinner and repentance. When I was young, I had this experience of a mentally ill man who lived around our community. Don't know the story of how he got into that situation. But this man is a gigantic man, tall, huge, very handsome. And even though he was, had this mental problem, when he is communicating, he communicates very excellently. He understands everything that goes on around him. When one of the areas you see him most is we have an area where we, pray, we play droughts and ludu. And he comes, sits around, and tries to teach and guide people. And he's so good at the game. But then, when you get there, you don't need anybody to tell you he has a problem. Because he is naked, dirty, and with the hair, very dirty. So you look at the appearance, and it tells you this man has a problem. Yet, when he communicates, you don't see any problem in his communication. So it was the fun for the children, for us, to always be teasing him. His name was Anthony. So we call him, Anthony, you are mad. Then he says, no, you are, you are rather mad. We always accuse him that he's mad. One day, young men around guarded arrested him, tied him, bathed him, and put clothes on him. And knowing that he was stripped, they tied the clothes in such a way with ropes such that he can, he tore everything up. I don't know what curse was put on him or what led to his state, but the point of his life is that he can't be in clothes. He has to be naked. But he never saw anything wrong with himself. He mingled fairly with everyone, but then he's naked, he's dirty, he doesn't get bathed, and he eats from the dunk, and he's very comfortable. And as a child, I sit back, look at him carefully, and wonder if this man should come to his senses and realize his state, how will he feel like and what will be his reaction? That has always been my desire to see him one day come to his senses, just wake up one morning and realize that this is my state. I was told, we were told, we don't know how true, that he was a, a medical assistant or a nurse in a hospital nearby. There were so many stories. He got a girl pregnant and the parents cursed him. He denied the pro We don't know how true it is. But the facts that we all know is that he was always naked, he was dirty, he ate from the dunghill, and was comfortable with his life. But 
very intelligent, communicates very well. Sometimes that is the state of the sinner. When we find ourselves in sin, like David said, in sin did my mother give birth to me. That nature of sin is such that we get so comfortable with sin that we don't know what harm it's doing to us. So like Anthony, when people try to tell us that sin is bad or evil, we see something wrong with the person communicating. You rather have a problem. I am okay. As sinners, we eat from the dunk. Meanwhile, we were to, Bible have created us to sit with princes. I mean, to live with God. That is how we were created. But we live in sin. And we are comfortable with the effects of sin on us. But the Bible gives us the story about this young man who just like us, one day got up and said, Father, give me my share of the property. And as we studied about God, we realized one thing about God. By his loving nature, God does not impose his will. That is one attribute of love. People must love freely and must not be forced to love. So God knowing very well what sin can do to us, and yet creating us in his own image and likeness gives us free will. So just like this man, he asked the father for his share of the property, and it was given to him. He had not contributed a penny to that wealth, yet he took his share of the property, went out, the Bible says, and wasted it, wasted everything, and got to a state of life where he was reduced to the state of pigs. Now, when the Israelite talks about pig, it means that you are condemned to the worst state because the Israelites hate pigs. They see pigs as dirty, as unclean. And so when you even get near to pigs, it means you are unclean. Eating pigs means that you are unclean. Thank God for Jesus. But that is the state and the way the Israelites saw pigs. But this man went to the stand not only taking care of pigs, but also feeding himself with what the pigs were eating. Today, we have pigs farmers, and they keep pigs very neat. But growing up, when we see pigs, we see Ashiama Bola. The downhill in Ashiama, that is where we see pigs. Very dirty, feeding on things you cannot talk about. That is the state this man found himself, feeding himself with pigs. Because he has wasted the property. He has wasted all the privileges of a son and has reduced himself now to a slave. Slaving and living in this life 
The Bible says, the parts that interest me, the Bible says, then he came to his senses. Thank God one day, he just came to his senses and said, this state I found myself is not where I'm supposed to be. Even servants in my father's house live better. They are not being treated this way. Even servants. The Bible says that angels are servants. In the book of Hebrews, it says angels are servants, which are created, assigned to serve the people who are the heirs of salvation. Even angels are better off. They have so much authority power over the devil and his demons. And yet the Son of God is reduced to that state where the devil feeds on us. My Bible says that when he came to his senses, most of the time when we talk about repentance, we have so many things people put as repentance. But that is not the full meaning of repentance. Sometimes we feel guilty for our sin. That is good, but that is not enough. When we talk about repentance, repentance is not just feeling guilty about your sin. When we read the Bible in the book of Acts, there was this King Felix who Paul preached to. And when he heard the message, he started feeling guilty. Then he told Paul, you know what? You go. When I am ready, I will call you. Because he did not want to repent. So feeling guilty is just not enough. Feeling guilty is a good sign towards repentance. However, just feeling guilty is not enough. Many of us have been guilty of sin, and yet we end up sinning and sinning again. Sin is such that you find yourself in the pit, in the mud. Feeling guilty that you are in the mud is not enough to take you out of it. It is a good start for you to know that where I am is not good enough. But when you get frustrated and struggle in the mud, you get more muddy. So feeling guilty is a good sign for repentance. But that is not repentance. Being sorry for what you have done is a good sign for repentance. But that is also not repentance. When Judas betrayed Jesus, he later found out what he has done was wrong. He even returned the money to the people who bribed him. Yet he hanged himself. That is not repentance. He felt sorry for what he has done. But that did not save him. So feeling sorry is good. It's a good step towards repentance. But that is not repentance. Making New Year resolutions or resolutions from today onwards, I will not do this one, two, three anymore. It's a good point. It is a recognition, a realization that something is wrong, and I must move away from it. But if you have ever tried resolutions, especially about sin, you will notice that after the resolutions, you will sin more. Because by nature, you are sinful. 
You are not a sinner because you sinned. You sin because you are a sinner. So we don't sin. We are not sinners because of any sin we have committed. But we sin because that is our nature. By the nature that we got from Adam and Eve, what we do best is to sin. Sometimes people take repentance as to be religious. So I go to church. I'm very committed to church. I am regular in church. But then when you are sitting in church, sometimes on your phone, those of us who read our Bibles on our phone, sometimes the sin attacks you in the church room. Because by nature, we are sinners. So feeling guilty, being sorry, I don't know any thief who has been caught who was not sorry for the crime. Being sorry is not enough. It is good. But it is not enough. Being religious is a good step. Making resolutions is good. But all this is not repentance. Because all this does not really lead to salvation. But what then is repentance? I mean, some had gone to the extent of seeing repentance as doing good works. So, philanthropic work and so on. This is wonderful, beautiful, helping the world to be better. But still, that is not repentance. So then what is repentance? The Bible says that this man came to his senses and realized the state in which he is. First step of repentance is recognizing sin as what it is. When we recognize sin as what it is, as destructive, as an enemy, as when we come to that realization that sin is a virus, sin is something destructive, sin is nothing comfortable to live with. Like Paul said in Romans chapter 7, Oh, wretched man! Who can deliver me? When we come to that point where we are desperate for salvation, that is the first step to repentance. Repentance is realizing our state, recognizing that we are sinners and that we cannot save ourselves. We are sinners. That is what we are. And we cannot save ourselves. When you think you can save yourself, then you don't need repentance. But repentance is when you recognize that I cannot save myself. I am a sinner. And I cannot save myself. I need salvation. That is the first step. Repentance is recognizing who God is. For many of us, one of the easy means of what the devil has done to keep us in sin is to give us a wrong image about God. That unfriendly, old, moustached man sitting up there with a rod in his hands, all he's waiting for is for you to get it wrong, and then he will punish you. 
The devil has painted a picture about God for us to take away that loving father from who God is. So we see sin as a beautiful thing that we want and a God who is so wicked that there, is, there are beautiful things in the world and he doesn't want us to enjoy life and all he's waiting for is for us to break the rule and he will punish us. But that is not God. Bible says that he has given to us all things that pertains to life and godliness that we might enjoy this life. Everything God created is for man to have fun. The whole essence of life is fun. Enjoy it. That is what God wants from us. Without sin, without the pain, without the effects of sin. And so for us to be able to repent, like this son, we call prodigal son. But Nanokofi says, let's focus on the loving father. Like this picture, this father had always been longing to have his son back. Because when the son was living, he knew that there is nothing better out there beyond what I have given to him. But if he wants to go out, stopping him will prevent him from knowing what he has. Many of us reject what God has given to us because we don't know the value of what we have. So despite the father gave the son the chance to go out, the Bible says he had been longing for him, always looking out there for him. The Bible says when he was far off, his father noticed him. Ragged, tattered, dirty, changed, transformed. And yet the father noticed him from that distance. That simply tells you the father had not been resting. Somebody asks, so why don't you go out there to look for him? No. He went by himself. Going to bring him out, he will go again. He must come to his senses. He must realize where he is is not good enough and must take the decision to turn back. Sin is turning away from the world and all that it offers and turning back to God. That is repentance. So when he came to his senses and he turned back and decided to go to the Father, the Bible says that the Father rushed out because he had been longing and waiting for him. So the moment he turned back, the Father was ready for him. He rushed out in his debts, in all he was, the father hugged him and kissed him. The Bible says, and whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died. He did not wait. He took the step. He made the step for our restoration. Whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died. Bible says that when he came, the father says, strip him of all the dead and put new clothes on him. This is not clothes he worked for. Bible says that for righteousness has been imputed on us. Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. 
It is not by works of righteousness or by anything we have done, but by his grace. It is a free gift of God. Repentance is realizing the state we find ourselves. To come to that point of realization that we are helpless, we can't help ourselves. Our best effort had not been enough. Coming to that realization that God is loving, God is caring. There is no better father or better life than the life in Christ. Coming to that realization and making that choice or coming to that point and saying, I can't save myself, God. I need you. Give me a second chance. Not to change my life, but change me. And the Bible says that the father took off that dirty cloth, put him new clothes, and there was celebration. The Bible says that there is great celebration in heaven. The angels rejoice. The whole heaven rejoice when just one sinner turned back to God. Millions of angels, why should they be interested in just one person? It is because of the heart of the father. The father is never happy just seeing one of his loved ones wandering in the desert. And because of the heart of the father, the host of heaven cannot be happy because the father is not happy because of the state we find ourselves. Jesus died to bring us back to the father. There is a second part of the story. But God willing, we will look at that. The big brother. Thanks be to God, we have a second big brother. Unlike the big brother in this story, who rightfully demanded, this man has taken his share of the property away. So what is left, he has no right in it. Jesus intentionally told this part of the story for us to realize the other big brother. We have a big brother in Jesus who went, he did not wait for us to return. He took the steps. And when we came back, he says that all that I have, I share it with you. We are joint heirs of the son. Joint heirs. Not co heirs no partners. This is my part, this is your part. No. Everything I have is yours. That is what Christ for us. The Bible says that though he was rich, yet for our sake, he became poor. Amen. Let's pray. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have for a moment, I want us to pray again. Asking God that, dear Lord, let me see sin as really what it is. And all be my eyes that I recognize the love of the Father so I can turn fully and completely to you. I thank you, Father, because by your love, you turn us back to you. We pray 
that dear Lord, you send your spirit to work on us, to take off the scales of our eyes, that we must see sin truly as it is, the state it has reduced us to, that we must see your love and appreciate it so we can turn completely to you and appreciate your love. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.